Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Katya Walsh, PhD and Chief Global Strategy and AI Officer at Levi Strauss. Katya proves that the old corporate structure should no longer apply, transforming Levi's internal operations and commerce play to epic effects. I wanted to ask Katya why someone with her background is a fit in today's retail world and how she believes data and AI will shape the future of fashion. Welcome, Katya. Thanks for having me, Jill. Thanks so much for being here. How long have you been with Levi's now? I've been with Levi's for almost three and a half years. It really does fly time, I'm talking about, when you're having fun. Yes. Well, you've done a lot in a little time. Before we jump on in, I uh, want to hear about pre-Levi's, What, how your path led you here. I, I feel like I was just saying, I think you're the first PhD we've had on the Glossy Podcast. I may be wrong, um, but <laughs> how'd you get here? Oh, it's a great question. Um, I'm a digital business leader with a track record of transforming global companies across many industries in 30 plus countries. So um, my career is not something I could have scripted. It just happened, but it's based on the development of three passions for three powers over time. My first passion was for the power of data or information. I actually started my career many years ago as a journalist like you, Jill, and your colleagues. Uh, And it's amazing how powerful that profession and craft are. Uh, And I learned very early um, that information really is power. I was still in high school growing up in communist Bulgaria when I published an article that seemed to upset the wife of the communist leader in the region. And I actually had to leave my school. I continued my education, obviously, and I have many degrees since then. But it was uh, something that really stayed with me from an early age. And that was the power of information. I thought if one high school student with one article in one local paper could make such an impact, imagine what you could do if you were to take this on as a career. So I actually started as a journalist, and when communism fell, I had the opportunity to earn a full scholarship to continue my education in the United States. So I got a second master's, and that was in the heyday of the internet when it was first started to become starting to become mainstream. And that's when I developed my second passion for second power, and that was for the power of technology to amplify the power of information. And then I continued my education. I got a PhD um, in strategic communication with a big emphasis in quantitative methodology and statistics. And in that field, I developed my third passion for this third power. And I'm talking about machine learning and the ability that machine learning gives us to drive desired outcomes. So my career is really the combination of these three passions for the power of information, the power of technology to amplify the power of information and the power of machine learning to take it all and to drive desired outcomes. And I could not have scripted my career, as I mentioned. I have now dedicated 20 plus years to helping organizations harness these three powers. I've worked in academia, in technology, in financial services, in telecommunications, and now apparel retail. I mean, it's kind of intimidating, Katya. <laughs> it's 
quite the background. Um, but we like to say, I mean, you are a true disruptor from high school on. That's amazing. Um, would you say, we say that a lot in regard to, to brands that have come onto the scene and done something new. Uh, we've used that with the direct-to-consumer at the very beginning of, of that wave. Um, but yeah, is that kind of how you see your role to kind of um, I, I think of you as kind of being a pioneer in AI and, and how you're using data. Um, but yeah, is that, I don't know, a goal? Maybe it's a subconscious thing. Thanks for the nice words, Jill. I actually do not see myself as a disruptor. My mission is actually quite simple. I really want to help iconic brands that stand for something important and powerful in society and in the world to stay relevant and to gain a competitive advantage. And that's why I joined Levi's. Um, I never thought I would end up in apparel retail. Um, it's not that I don't like the industry. I certainly do. I wouldn't be in it for three and a half years if I didn't. But I joined Levi's because of what it symbolized for me as a brand. For me, especially growing up in a communist country, it meant so much more than clothes. And I love the clothes. I'm wearing a beautiful denim dress, as you can see right now. But it's also a symbol of freedom, of democracy, of the unattainable. To this day, if you ask people in Eastern Europe, what are some of the strongest brands that you think of? Levi's tops that list. I also joined Levi's because of its DNA of innovation. It actually is one of the first companies to have filed for patents anywhere in the world. And it has always stood up for making an impact on the world. So I'm not a disruptor. I just like to help companies that have truly disrupted the world and society like Levi's. Were you familiar with its um, corporate culture and what you were getting into outside of it being kind of a, a well-known heritage uh, brand with great history? Um, was that appealing or did you just like that sold you maybe after early in the interview, interview process? Uh, I was familiar with its profits through principles uh, slogan, and it's beyond the slogan. It's actually a way of working ever since the founder, Levi Strauss, uh, started the company. Uh, I didn't know it in detail at the time because I wasn't in the company. And of course, when you're in a company, you learn so much more. Uh, but I was uh, familiar with, with its history, with its track record, with its stand on... Um, gun control, uh, helping people vote, uh, how it had desegregated its factories 10 years before uh, the rest of the United States had to do so, uh, how it had supported the LGBT community many, many years before any other organization had done so. And that was tremendously appealing to me. The, the more I uh, grow up in my uh, professional career, but also the older I get in life, and that's inevitable for all of us, the more I really want to make an impact and aligning my work with a truly meaningful company and an organization like Levi's is, it really is the best of both worlds. You help a business, but you also make a mark on the world. Yes, I would love to hear about how you and your team kind of fit into the larger Levi's uh, company. Uh, I, I would think, you know, as brands are trying to be innovative and, and push forward that, you would be in demand and your expertise, you, you'd have to talk to every single person. How do you kind of infiltrate the, the, um, the company with, with what you know and, and ensure that it's, it's used well? 
So it's a great question about how one drives a change. And the answer would be one cannot do it alone. So I am delighted to um, be at Levi's to really build on the legacy of an amazing brand as we just spoke, but I cannot drive change alone. So a big part of my job and really my, my day, every single day is spent on education, communication, and aligning the goals of the organization I lead to the goals of my partners and stakeholders across the company. Uh, ultimately, what we do uh, in digital data and AI with the capabilities we are building has to be in service of our business, of our commercial markets, of the functions. And it's my goal to permeate the entirety of Levi Strauss and Company with the best of digital data and AI capabilities. Would you say like, it's always been, um, there aren't silos in the company. Has that been always how it stood or, um, you know, when your team um, started to work with, with other departments or other divisions um, that maybe helped push that, that along? Uh, how would you say, yeah, the structure is as it stands? Is it kind of a, a typical hierarchy? Digital transformation is inherently something that breaks down silos and it has to happen because you're talking about overhauling an entire enterprise, changing the culture of a whole company while building on what has worked so far and what needs to be retained with respect. So um, I actually don't talk about my team and I encourage people to not talk about my team. We are all one team and that's team Levi Strauss and company. And we are all in service of our consumers and customers and the future of this tremendous brand of which we are all honored to be its guardians. So I respectfully challenge that notion of my team or someone else's team because we are all one team. <laughs> Some might say there's no I in team. <laughs> anyway, ignore me, Katya, but talk to me about a day in your life. <laughs> um, what are you focused on now um, when you come into the office? Like, is it is it always a different day? Well, days are different and that's part of the variety. Uh, working in a global company is really exciting because one day you might be more focused on the U.S. part of the business. Another day you might be um, more focused on the European part of the business. Uh, yet another day you can be looking more at the Asia uh, markets in which we operate, although it's not quite that linear. The chances are that in one day you will be looking at the US, Europe and Asia all at the same time. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's, there's a great deal of education, communication, making sure that we are always staying adaptive and responsive to the needs of our stakeholders and consumers and customers around the world. It's also making sure that we use the secret power, uh, which is our ability to predict and to take action and drive desired outcomes. That's what this combination of digital data and AI capabilities gives us. It gives us the opportunity to actually predict and take action and drive desired outcomes. And so these are some of the things we do, making sure that we are always adapting to market conditions, making sure that we serve our consumers in those ever-changing market conditions, solving challenges, seizing opportunities. So not one day is the same as the other, but they're all exciting and they're all in service of this great brand and its customers. 
Yeah. Is anything bubbling up right now in terms of your um, taking your focus, um, especially, yeah, as in the last two and a half years, everything's moving online to e-commerce, as we know, um, in the retail world. And also, you know, currently, I know that you have your hands in in fulfillment and, and um, navigating all of the, the recent obstacles. Um, yeah. Where's your focus, if you had to say? Yeah, so we focus on three key areas where uh, digital and data and AI capabilities can be particularly impactful. The first area is always about making sure we do what's right for our consumers and customers, this external focus. And within that area, it can be anything from using this combination of digital data and AI capabilities to provide a predictive, proactive, and personalized experience. We actually have a saying at Levi's that... At Levi's, nothing is business. It's all personal. Because when you go online, you should be able to see everything personalized to you based on the data that you as a consumer have explicitly agreed to share with us. Um, And that can be anything from the search results that you see and what's elevated based on what we know about your previous needs and behaviors to the product recommendations that you would see. So the online experience is all personalized. Even the store experience is very customized depending on conditions in a country, uh, not only economic conditions, but also consumer profiles, weather, climate, etc. So personalization is a big part of how we create smarter connections with our consumers. The second area, Uh, that I focus on with the help of all my partners and stakeholders across the Levi Strauss and Company Enterprise is on our internal operations. This is where the combination of digital data and AI capabilities has a tremendous opportunity for impact. And that's where we talk about smarter commerce and smarter creation. For example, you mentioned fulfillment. We now have a patent pending proprietary fulfillment optimization engine that helps us determine the best place from which to ship an e-commerce order. And that looks at a number of variables, 30 plus different variables, optimizing uh, for the best consumer experience, the speed of shipping, minimizing the packages that we use. So there is a sustainability and a cost savings component. Um, So that's one example. We also spend Uh, a lot of our time on using the secret power of digital data and AI combination to predict demand. That is especially important in times of heightened uncertainty as the times today. So that's a lot of my focus. And then the third area of focus is around what's next for the company. Digital transformation not only helps us change the ways in which we do business today, but also think about what new business models we can explore for the future. Yeah. More to come on that later. <laughs> we'll be we'll be waiting. I was reading something um, with that was on you and on Levi's strategy, and um, it referenced the I mean ample amounts of historical data uh, within the company um, being being an age old brand, an original, an OG denim brand. Um, just wondering in terms of like the usefulness of, of maybe going years back. Are you able to use? Um, I don't know, older data, it, does that benefit you anyway um, in terms of personalization, in terms of, yeah, more so personalization, but in terms of your processes, just having years of data, is that a perk? 
Absolutely. And let's talk about what's data. When, when we think about data, and that's part of the education that I referenced earlier, uh, we are not just talking about rows and columns in a spreadsheet or the green numbers that glow on a computer screen. Everything around us is data. This podcast, Jill, is data because it's being recorded. Hence, you know, the reference to my start in, in this field as a journalist, because I too was collecting data at the time, just didn't know it. And by the way, Every company today is a data and technology and AI company, whether it realizes it or not. But the world around us is all data. So when I talk about the data at Levi's, we are so blessed to have 169 years of history because that means 169 years worth of data. Is it all transactional data or consumer data? No, it's not. But think about every single product that this company has manufactured for the past 169 years. That is data. The actual physical products that lie in our vault, in our archives, those are data. When we create digital images of those physical products, those are data as well. So when we have our designers think about new products, that library of digital images becomes an inspiration for them. And that is one example of another smarter C that I may have mentioned earlier, because we talk about smarter connections with consumers. I covered that. We talked about smarter commerce. I covered that. We also talk about smarter creativity or creation. And that is an example. The data we provide to our designers as inspiration, it will never replace what they do, but it augments uh, the materials and the tools to which they have access. That is smarter creation and having 169 years worth of history and data is a huge competitive advantage. I love that. It's the future. I love I love that the data, the data-driven um design. Well, going hand in hand with it with the um personal touch or or the the human human touch. Um, it makes great sense um, this day and age. Tell me about, I wouldn't say adding to your team when you're making a hire and you know your own, um, you know your own background um, coming in and the way that's benefited you, um, benefited the company really um, in terms of of innovation and and um, competing. What do you look for? Like, have you made a recent hire? Is there something original in terms of where you're where you're sourcing applicants um, and where you're finding people who are a great fit? Yes. Yeah, so I've made. We're always hiring. Um, and when I talk about hiring, it doesn't mean only externally. So that goes to your question about source of hiring. But we're always hiring. And some of the more recent examples of hires, uh, we certainly hire machine learning engineers, data scientists, product managers, uh, also people focused on digital and emerging technology strategy, uh, which is something that's really important and fairly unique at the moment in this industry to Levi's. And what we look for, and I say we because, as usual, it's not just me. It takes a village to drive a digital transformation. So what my colleagues and I look for in hiring, uh, certainly we have to look for technical um, expertise. It is important in a lot of this work. Uh, and there are many ways to get technical expertise. You can hire it from outside. You can also develop it internally. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But when we look to hire, we look for technical expertise and we also look for attitudinal traits. And those are things like positive energy. 
excitement, fire in the belly. You know, these are things you cannot teach, but they're so important. I also look for resilience and tenacity uh, because it's not easy to be in the driver's seat of changing an entire company, its culture, building on what has worked and also making sure it can be relevant as a brand and company in the future. It, it can be a lot of work. And so I look for tenacity and resilience. And I also look for curiosity and problem solving and lifelong learning. This field that I'm so fortunate to be in is changing all the time. In the last few minutes that you and I have been talking, Jill, it has already changed. A lot more data has come in, more tools have been developed around the world, and more things will continue to happen. So it is absolutely critical to have in this field people who have a passion for lifelong learning, because even if you graduated today with a PhD in this area, if you don't stay on top of it, your skills would become outdated. And that is why we also look internally to develop the technical skills that I mentioned we need. That is why um, a year and a half ago, we developed an industry-first machine learning bootcamp in which we have taken and trained in Python and data science and agile techniques, almost 160 people who had been with the company who may have never seen code in, in their life before the bootcamp, but are now trained and are making an impact as digital champions across the company. I love this concept. I knew I wanted to go in on this. Um, tell me about what it takes. What the boot camp, how long is this boot camp? Um, and I, it obviously to pull, am I correct that it's pulling um, workers kind of away from their day to day? They're they're breaking they're doing this exclusively. Um, it takes great buy-in from the company. Getting this off the ground, I mean, was it everyone was game? Was it a hard sell? <laughs> So let me describe the bootcamp first. Uh, we call it a bootcamp for a reason. It is a lot of work. In eight weeks, we cram everything from introduction to statistics. Uh, we are now teaching some new languages like uh, SQL that we didn't teach in the past year, but we introduced it this year. We have been teaching Python and other coding and libraries and agile ways of working using uh, Levi's data to solve Levi's problems and seize Levi's opportunities. It takes eight weeks and it's a lot. Uh, people actually are very tired when they graduate, um, but they do graduate. And every single participant that started the bootcamp, we have now had three cohorts, has graduated. It was certainly not easy to pull something new like this together up mostly because it's so new and it's not easy to figure out how to take people out of their day job for eight weeks so that they're fully dedicated only to the boot camp. There are a lot of practicalities that need to be solved. Who goes and does the work instead of them? How do they go back and how does their job change? How do they continue to apply the skills that they learned during the boot camp in their day jobs? So yes, it's not easy. On the other hand, we had a tremendous buy-in. Our CEO, Chip Burke, and the whole executive team of Levi's was extremely supportive, uh, which was critical to the success of this. Without that support, without that buy-in, we could not have made this happen at all. 
the managers were also extremely supportive. They basically treated the absence of those employees like a parental leave, and they figured out what to do with that. Uh, and I cannot tell you how many really heartbreaking memos I've had from the bootcamp participants themselves and also from their managers. They were so proud that the people from the organizations were chosen for this bootcamp. Uh, I forgot to mention that while this bootcamp was open to all, it was not for all. We had a highly selective application process because we had to make sure that the people who started would be able to graduate. And, and I mentioned that everyone did, uh, but that meant that we had to screen for certain things, attitudinal characteristics, um, analytical skills, etc. So the managers were very proud that people from the organizations were selected. They supported that. And after the graduates went back to their jobs, they have actually been very committed to ensuring that their people's new skills uh, continue to be applied in the business and in their roles. And thus, they're helping the graduates upgrade their current jobs using their new skills. Amazing. You talked about the importance of that ongoing education. Will there be kind of, uh, I, I don't know, supplementary <laughs> uh, uh, workshops, tutorials, uh, anything to keep that going? We are keeping it going. After the bootcamp, we assign all the graduates to specific projects that they continue to work on. These are projects that are on my roadmap that we actually put in production. Sorry about the technical speak. But these are it, what I'm saying is that the work continues after the bootcamp. Uh, and there are always opportunities to think about uh, more programs and more upskilling opportunities we have a digital upskilling expert who started with us. This is our, one of our recent hires who is working with our learning and development world-class organization in uh, Levi's in human resources on learning and development. And we are working together to determine how to take this forward in the future. Yes. I don't know if I've, I've heard the phrase digital upscaling since talking to you um, in a prior conversation or maybe somebody from your company. Um, I love that. Talk to me about, um, again, as things are moving fast um, in terms of technology throughout every industry, um, how, how has that translated to the retail world, to fashion in the past, let's say uh, since the beginning of 2020 and the start of the pandemic? What specific, I guess, um, changes, innovations, overhaul of old processes. What, what's most significant, I, I would say? The pandemic has certainly had a, um, a huge human toll, uh, but there is always a silver lining to something. And in terms of how it has impacted uh, Levi Strauss and company, um, it has taught us to be more agile. It has taught us that we can have distributed teams around the world. It has given us the opportunity to be very flexible. We now hire all over the world and we are very flexible and we believe that is quite a competitive advantage and it is helping us win the war for talent. And with the support of our human chief human resources officer, we have really changed the culture around talent in the company. So that I would say has been a big positive impact uh, since the pandemic. There has also been a lot of focus on employee well-being, mental health, uh, which distinguishes a company like Levi's and is very much in line with its values. And in the technology space, we have been very focused on basically 
automating everything. We have a motto that anything that can be automated should be automated. That doesn't mean that people lose jobs. It actually helps us upskill the people that may have been doing uh, repetitive manual tasks and give them more meaningful jobs and opportunities. Uh, so we keep the people, we train them further, they become more satisfied with their jobs, and we get more predictable and faster ways uh, that are less prone to human error uh, through automation and digitization. We have also been able to really create uh, a new discipline of precision around demand prediction and pricing in the company. It used to be that, you know, in, in this industry, so much has been manual, analog, and intuitive. And we have, since the pandemic began, really created a shift of transforming what used to be an, uh, analog is now digital. What used to be manual is now automated. And what used to be intuitive, we want to maintain human creativity, but we also augment it with precision. Makes sense to me. I was going to say, um, as kind of what's old is new and, and traditional, maybe methods may not apply. How does your role translate to to the physical store. We talk a lot about, is this still relevant? Um, what's the importance of the store this day and age? Um, yeah, how, what's the, the key to, to making that relevant in this, in this high-tech world, I guess I would say? So we at Diva Strauss and Company are very focused on meeting our consumers where they are. And consumers are everywhere. They're online and they're also in physical stores. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to go and shop in a physical store for this particular thing. No, people wake up in the morning and say, I need this, or I want to feel like this, or it may even be much more spontaneous and they may be out and about and decide to pop by a store. So we as a brand that is dedicated to being where its consumers are, want to make sure we are always pre present and relevant. And that means in online channels, and online channels would be a website, desktop, and mobile, as well as the mobile app, uh, and of course, the physical stores and the interconnectivity among all these channels. We want to make sure that consumers have a consistent experience and that we do deliver this omni-channel experience that consumers demand and indeed are used to uh, in everything else in life. So Levi's is a consumer-first brand. It also has uh, great partnerships with wholesale partners, and we want to make sure we are where our consumers are, and that means everywhere. So moving forward, um, how do you think this will all shake out now that you know everything really 100% transferred basically to e-commerce, and now um, we're starting to see more of a of evening out in terms of where people are shopping, whether that's in store or online. Um, are things the, the move to, to e-commerce, is that overblown and is it just a kind of a shift? So at Levi's, we believe that we want to be where consumers are. It's all about the way in which both physical stores and e-commerce will build and create seamless consumer experiences. So we want to be wherever our fans love to shop and meet the expectations for those experiences. And they are increasingly becoming hybrid across digital and physical channels. We know that consumers shop in a store with their mobiles handy. They reference their favorite looks. They might even actually, uh, we until recently, we were experimenting with uh, visual search uh, online and 
you could have a consumer in a store uploading a photo of something they've seen on social media that they might want to look and see whether Levi's is offering that while in a store. So consumers these days do not really differentiate between digital and physical channels. They just want to look a certain way and we want to make sure we give them the tools online and physically to achieve that desire for a certain look. So e-commerce purchases can follow in-store visits and in-store visits can follow e-commerce research and purchases. It's all connected. And the ways in which we apply data and digital capabilities and AI is helping us create those connections and personalized experiences to be even more successful as we attract and meet our consumers' needs. So it's not one or the other. It's all connected and it's all about meeting the consumer where they are. Yes, it's interesting the way that you're educating um, Levi's employees um, via a boot camp or otherwise. Um, it makes me think of um, when you said visual search, I get really excited because I think that there's so much potential there because I see an outfit and I'm like, where the heck is that skirt from? <laughs> it drives me crazy. There's great potential, but do you think that, um, is it take a minute? Like, what does it take for customers to catch up, consumers with the technology that's out there? I mean, um, is it just a waiting game, a, a, an education game? Are you able to lead them there? Like, when will something like visual search catch on and just be what you do? That's how you search, maybe. Like, that. that's it. <laughs> It's, it's actually not necessarily about educating or waiting for consumers to catch up. I would venture to say that in many ways, companies have to catch up to where consumers already are. Um, at Levi's, we happen to be ahead, but um, we always have to stay uh, on our toes and not take for granted uh, what we've already developed because consumers are always themselves either innovating or they are working with companies that are constantly innovating. So we can't take that for granted. But in the case of visual search, it really is all about making it easy for our consumers to find what they need from a brand like Levi's. Sometimes uh, a brand like Levi's can have so many different products and options and colors and fits and sizes. So it's just about making it easier for a consumer to find what they need. It may sound simple, but that's what it's about. It's not about cool tech. It really is about meeting the consumer where they are and giving them what they need and want when they need and want it. Yeah, definitely. Last question for you, maybe, possibly. <laughs> but um, moving forward, where do you think that um, AI in general will, will have the most transformative impact on retail? Um maybe what we can expect in the next few years uh, that will really yeah, change the way we shop. So the question is about where I see the most transformative impact of AI on retail. Certainly, personalized experiences uh, will continue to be a big part of what AI delivers everywhere, including in retail. But another big area of impact for AI is in precision. Uh, we are seeing entire industry is impacted by precision, precision medicine, precision agriculture. There is no reason that we should not also be seeing precision retail. There is no reason that we as an industry cannot actually have precise demand and supply planning. AI can deliver that. Through AI, companies, retailers should actually 
be able to know exactly what they need, in which location, in which channel, for which particular store, for which type consumer, at what time, at what price. That is the beauty of AI, that kind of precision planning. Further into the future, when it comes to retailers that are also manufacturers, like Levi's, we can have a truly transformational time where we flip the paradigm. In the past, and even today, companies have first manufactured and then they sell. In the future, we can flip the paradigm and first sell through digital tools, through digital design, through mobile and online selling, and then manufacture precisely to meet consumer demand. Think about the implications of that on sustainability, on creativity, and on financials. And that's what AI can deliver in this industry. I mean, it's very exciting. You meant, you brought up a question when you were talking about um, yeah, making, making what's ordered. Um, obviously there's a lot, a lot of, uh, benefit to that, but, um, in terms of obviously another big problem is returns right now. Tell me about precision in fit. Is fit technology something that you're, you're working on as well? We are certainly looking into that. Um, any world-class online retailer cannot not be looking that, um, looking at that. And yes, that is a big opportunity in online retail, particularly in apparel retail online. We are certainly looking at a number of options and opportunities, uh, and it's something that uh, we will have to solve if we haven't already. Right on. Katya, this was so enjoyable. I learned a lot. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Jill. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.